Welcome to the very first episode of the Lax Flow Podcast with me, your host, O'Brien Daly. First off, I uh, before I get into any of lacrosse, any lacrosse talk, I just want to say thank you to everyone tuning in for this very first episode. Uh, hopefully, this turns into a long and fruitful endeavor. Um, I truly do love the sport of lacrosse, and I think this is just one of the best ways for me to show my love and support for the game. So, again, thank you all for tuning in and listening. Now, first off, uh, obviously, a lot of the season has been over for a while now, the PLL season, and uh, college lacrosse is coming around the corner here shortly. Fall ball has been going on for a while now, but I still think it's important to dress old news just as much as the new stuff. So, obviously, i got to talk about Paul Rabel retiring. Uh, pretty big deal, I'd say, to say the least. Um, the, the man, basically, what's there to say about the guy but that he changed the game, you know, for better, obviously. He, he, he brought in it, he really helped bring it into the mainstream, obviously helped pay the way, pave the way for the PLL, which is doing great strides for professional lacrosse. Um, he, he's just done a lot of great things. He's the base. When a lot of people, even if they don't know really anything about the sport, usually if you ask them if they know who Paul Rabel is, a lot of the time they'll say, "Yeah, I actually do know him," because um, he's just because he knows how to, he know he knew how to make a great brand with the sport and bring it into more homes and lives. So you know, obviously, I think every lacrosse player, uh, either ones who wanted to go pro, who went pro, or who never gone pro but still love the sport, uh, owe him a debt of gratitude, I think, you know, just for everything he's done. So, yeah, 14-year career, that's, you know, that's great. Obviously, I always thought he maybe could have gone a little longer, a couple more, two or three more seasons, I definitely think he had in him. But, you know, when you want to retire and you think your time's up and you want to be done, then you're done. You just want to be done. So, well, thank you, Paul, and for everything you've done. So next up, though, we uh, will be diving in. So I want to also talk about, obviously, the Chaos won the PLL Championship, um, beating the two-time Whip Snakes. Uh, pretty big deal, I'd say. Um, I, I was pretty happy with the outcome. I wanted, I really wasn't a huge fan of the Whip Snakes. Granted, I like Matt Rambo. I really do. There's really no player, really any player or team I dislike. Um, but I do like seeing, when it comes to championships of really any sport for me, I like seeing teams who have never won it before or haven't won it in a long time win it. So it's I, I'm glad seeing someone else finally, finally get the crown. Uh, yeah, it, but congratulations to them. Uh, obviously, a lot of great players on that team. It's, and I think we might see this team again um, in the next championship. I do believe so. I think they definitely still got the talent, and they can pull out something. Obviously, I think, and that's a gr- one great thing I, uh, about PLL, I think, is that every team is somewhat even to a degree. Some little have a little more advantage. Usually they have an advantage of one or two more players that like just stand out for them. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see in the coming season. But going into the PLL, a little more into the PLL, uh, the league showed growth across ticketing, streaming, broadcasting, social, and digital platforms during the 2021 season, which is really phenomenal. Um, Obviously, for the sport of lacrosse in general, it's just great seeing it grow more and more. And 
it growing across all those, pretty much hitting every one of the notches it needs to with ticketing, streaming, broadcasting, and so on. It's uh, one thing I've I, if, when PLO first came out, I was a little worried about one thing I was worried about was that the fact that the teams wouldn't really have a home city, like each team wouldn't have a, like a place to call home, like the MLL did, and so. I was a little worried about that, but in looking, but obviously with the league being around for a while, couple few years now, um, it's it's just great. I, I think it was the best thing for it. Uh, they don't, you can get more people this way. You don't, you can move around more player. It's just I, it's easier. I feel like, and it definitely, it's just it, it, it's smooth. It, it went it goes a lot smoother. I think than having a a team specific. Um, a certain team to a certain city. Well, one day they maybe do that, you know, switch up the whole thing and be like, oh, the Redwoods are now San Francisco team's team or are the Water Dogs Boston's team, you know, something like that. Or the Cannons, be, again, be Boston's team. Uh, it would be, you know, it, it, it's a possibility. I don't, I, I don't think it's going to happen really, but, you know, you never know with, with professional lacrosse. A lot of things change and, it's a it's a pretty wild sport in that regard. So another, but ticketing obviously you could tell. Um, obviously the biggest thing with the PLL, I we know that uh, made it becoming in the mainstream was that it signed it got the deal with MSNBC, which is huge. Which was huge. We knew that was huge when when they first talked about this league, because it's it you finally can actually watch games, which. Do, which really didn't originally happen with, uh, with like the MLL because with the MLL it was just like yeah yeah you may find one on ESPN two or ESPN three one one Saturday afternoon and that was it for months, um or years even you know it's just like so it's great finally seeing it get some work and Peacock you know has definitely helped out a lot too because obviously we had games some games were. Ex- exclusive only to Peacock this season, which was, I thought that was, I actually thought that might have hurt it, because not everyone has Peacock, or some people probably don't, people know what it is, but I feel like not everyone has it, and some people aren't really willing to pay for it, Um, so hopefully they'll have more regular season games, though, and not just, um, obviously I'm still fine with Peacock, Uh, I actually do, I do have Peacock, but so it's like, it's it's odd though. I don't think because if they move say because if they did were to move all the games on to Peacock, it just would not work out in the end because th- no one would ever watch and that would kill our rate kill the PLL's ratings. So yeah, I just don't think they should do that. Um, but yeah, obviously the uh, social platform, uh, social media, obviously is growing. Obviously the team's fan base, um, fan base is growing and growing more with followers. I'm seeing it more. People are starting to, because at first I noticed a lot of people were just like, "Oh yeah, I'm just kind of, I don't really have a specific team just yet." But then more and more, "Oh yeah, no, I'm more of a Water Dogs guy, or more of a Whip Snakes guy, or more of a Archers kind of guy." It, you know, it's it's starting to people are starting to verge into the, like specific teams they like, and I like and I love that. I I do tend to root for uh, the Chrome a little bit. Obviously, they did not have a great season. They were the one they actually got pushed out of playoff contention. And you know that was that was tough to see. You know, I, obviously, I want them to do good. Uh, there's there's um, quite a bit they're struggling with, but uh, and they need to figure out. But yeah, I just 
but it's good to see finally see it gain just a little more popularity. Um, of course, one thing is to note: as of yesterday, the PLL was over three years old. Has their three-year anniversary yesterday, October the twenty-second, and uh, it's just great. You know, I think I, I had my doubts about the league uh, when it first came out, or when they first talked about it, and especially with all what they were promising with salary-wise and all that stuff, I was like, oh, man, they're not going to be able to afford this. They're not going to be able to do this. And then some things happened, like the MSNBC deal and all that. I was like, okay, they, okay, I'm starting to believe in this. And the games happened, and I watched them, and I was like, you know what? I think this league can survive, and I think it really can flourish. And obviously, three-year anniversary, obviously COVID and all that didn't really help with last year. And I actually thought that might have... Was probably I thought that was gonna put a huge debt into the league or even kill it, like so, some others did as well. Believe that, but in the end, it, it didn't. It it we they made it through and they got then I would say stronger for it. Uh, I will say uh, the the All Star game I think is good. It could use a little improvement. Uh, I do like all the skill, um, the skill. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better word for it. The skill games they do, obviously fastest shot, all that stuff. I do like that trick shot competition. It's good. I just think they should maybe do it a little differently, set it up a little differently. More, but then again, but I'm I'm not great with branding, so I probably wouldn't be the one to talk to about that. Uh, but yeah, I think the PLO will just is going to keep growing and growing. Is like, it. so total because as NS being NB. NBCSN uh, grew 29% over 2019 total viewership, so that's really good. Uh, they also the PLO also produced four of the top six highest rated MSNBC games in its three year history, which is pretty frigging good for a for a league like this. Uh, the the championship on NBC because it was on regular TV had over 112k 112,000 viewers in adults and in the 18 to 49 de- demographic, which is 22 percent over 2020. That's to that's pretty solid, especially for this. Obviously, we hope to under 112k do, doesn't seem like a lot, and to if you compare it to obviously the Super Bowl, it that's nothing, but for a sport that's fairly that where the professional has never got the professional ranks has never gotten a whole lot of respect or viewership. That's pretty solid. And I and I think we'll definitely see another I would dare say maybe an another 100k might watch a next next year and then hopefully it keeps growing that way up till the point where it gets a million viewers. I think cuz I do think that's possible. It's going to take a while. It's not it's probably going to take at least 10 years, which seems like a lo- long time, but you know for this sport that's pretty good all things considered. It all, the PLL also enjoyed its second most watched game ever on NBC. Uh, it was the July third game, third game against the Redwoods and the Water Dogs, and its three year three year history, which eleven uh, telecast, which is pretty solid. So it's just it it's just steady. It's a steady rise. It's not anything like astronomical, but it's 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 a steady drumbeat, and you gotta love that. Uh, regu- uh, ticket revenue uh, had a fifty six percent growth on. In on 2019, and then 
which is pretty good, which is like insanely well because that that's the biggest thing I think with Cross because obviously a lot of you who watch games will know, look at the sometimes see the stands and you'll see them pretty much empty a good chunk of the time and so it's great to see them like less and less empty seats happening now. So, at the risk of uh, rambling on, I did, I dare say that the the viewer that it's just everything's going up. Nothing really went down. Uh, team team accounts have really grown. Obviously, view, like subscribe, like I said, subscribers, viewerships on videos, YouTube grew. Uh, everything's just growing, and that's and growth is in this in this league. It's great. It's good. So uh, hopefully, yeah, that's we're gonna. It's going to keep going, and it's going to be great. Now, going back to the old news talk a little bit, I think it's important we talk, give a brief mention to the PLL 2021 End of the Year Awards. And first off, we have the Rookie of the Year Award, Jeff Teat of Atlas. And it really didn't come as a surprise that he won this award. He was an MVP finalist, and he very well could have won it. He had only he had two missing games, and he still finished second in the league with, in scoring with 16 goals and a total of 32 points in the season. So yeah, it, it really kind of, it was it was what you would call a no-brainer, you know, that he won it. So yeah, for the winner of the Dave Petromala Defensive Player of the Year award was Graham Hasek of the Archers. And I've always loved this guy. I'm a I'm a bit of a Rochester Nighthawk fan. Uh, growing up pretty close to the city. So seeing him get some recognition, even though it's not the NLL, is still great to see. I've loved the guy. I especially loved him when he uh, played for the original Rochester Nighthawks that uh, ended up moving to Halifax. So it's great to see him get more and more recognition for just how great of a defensive player he is. He had uh, 15 cause turnovers this season, which is just what's there to say but that he's an animal and 28 ground balls and I've always and I've always said ground balls is a stat that kind of gets overlooked but 28 ground balls is pretty pretty freaking solid <laughs> I do say so so now we have the Eamon McEnany Attackman of the Year Award going to Grant Eamon of the Archers uh, again not really a shock that he won this he led the league in scoring it uh, he was a top candidate for the Jim Brown MVP award as well, so it's it he he did most definitely deserved it. Uh, he just played great all season, except especially for his second year. Uh, the Archers already had a pretty stacked offense, so the fact that he won this out of them, like it just shows you how much of a powerhouse he was this past season. Now for the Oren Lions Goalie of the Year award, with the award going to Blaze Reardon of the Chaos. Not a big shock here uh he this is his third straight goalie of the year award so he just keeps setting such a high standard for goalies in the pll he had 149 saves this season it just just incredible i don't know what's more to say so what a great season for him now for the face-off athlete of the year award which went to trevor baptiste of atlas Again, another one of my favorite players to watch. Love watching Trevor Baptiste. Just so happy that he won it. Um, not really a shock that he won it uh, with his 149 face-off wins. That was the best. He had 83 ground balls as well. 
and six points for his campaign, which is just all around great for a face-off, man. So congrats to him. Now for another Atlas Award winner, we got Danny Logan winning the Hard Hat Award. You know, he caused eight turnovers, he had 20 ground balls, and he had at least one point in five of his final seven games of the season, which just showed great consistency from him. So congrats to him. Now, sportsmanship is something I feel like gets very much overshadowed in modern sports. So seeing someone like Eric Law win it for this year is just great. Again, another Atlas Award winner. Uh, Great to see. This award will definitely help his legacy because it just shows how much of a great guy he really is, helping kids actually play lacrosse by getting them sticks. So, yeah, he's just an overall great guy, and he definitely deserved this award. Now for the teammate award winner, Jack Kelly of the Redwoods. Uh, He just had a very emotional season dealing with injury and recovery, so it's just great to see someone like him win this, you know, after all he overcame. Now for the Long Stick Midfielder of the Year Award, which went to Michael Earhart. Winning this award for the third straight time since its inception of the PLL. He had just great steady stats all season. He had a pair of two-pointers, three assists, six caused turnovers, and 32 ground balls. Just great steady play that you love to see really in any form of lacrosse. Next up, we got the Midfielder of the Year Award winner, Zach Courier of the Water Dogs. Just a great two-way player, had 11 goals with 11 assists for the year, with uh, 51 ground balls. Just a great overall player at the midfield position. Now for the Leadership Award winner, Kyle Harrison of the Redwoods. And really, what's there more to say about Kyle Harrison? Obviously, an icon of the sport, you know, has been for years has done many great things. This is actually the second time he's won the Leadership Award, and it's just absolutely deserved to him. Uh, obviously, it was his final season, so it bit bittersweet, um, as with any great when any great player retires. So it just absolutely deserved it, and we're going to miss seeing him play, though that probably goes without saying. Now for the Humanitarian Award winner, Lyle Thompson of the Cannons. Uh, just overall great guy, obviously on and off the field, just really paving the way for lacrosse in general. One of the many noteworthy things he did this season was raise awareness on the atrocities committed at native boarding and residential schools in North America, which is something that does get overlooked quite a bit in history, so that it's finally gaining more awareness. Now for the winner of the Coach of the Year Award, Andy Copeland of the Water Dogs. Uh, and he definitely deserved this award for basically just completely changing the Water Dogs as a team from them being the bottom of the bottom last year to being the first seed in 2021, which is just an incredible turnaround, especially for a brand new team like that, really. Um, yeah, and I definitely think they have a chance of winning it all next year, uh, do they have some keyholes they could fill? Yeah, a little. I def- I don't know about keyholes, but there's definitely maybe a couple holes they could fill. Uh, but yeah, I just think he did a great job with this team, and he's going to keep doing well while he's there. Now, looking at the MVP award this year, it was given to Blaze Reardon of Chaos. And it was just, I love to see it. Um, I love seeing goalies get some recognition. 
that they most definitely deserved. Uh, he was the first goalie to bring it home in nearly two decades of professional lacrosse, which is just incredible. The last goalie to win it was uh, Greg Catrano back in 2002 in the MLL. So, yeah, it's just great to see, you know, the big guy getting a little recognition that he definitely deserved this year. You know, we already talked about how great of a goalie he was, gave, gave the stats back when he won the Goalie of the Year award, so it's just great seeing him win this. And on that note, it looks like I am out of time. So, again, I'd like to thank all of you for listening to the first, very first episode of the Lax Flow Podcast with me, your host, O'Brien Daly. And remember to always keep your sticks high. See you next time, guys.